0: It's best for managers to understand what level they are performing at by looking at the numbers and being able to compare that with the budget that they participated in setting.
1: Welcome to Episode 59 of the Balancing Act Podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. Today, we've got Dwayne Barrett joining us as our second guest in our mini-series on the importance of building the skill of financial acumen in both individuals and in teams. Dwayne is the chief executive of CPA Tutors and Consultants in Kingston, Jamaica. Thank you so much for sharing your talents and insights with us today, Dwayne.
0: Morning, thank you very much, Andy, for welcoming me to your podcast. I listen to it every week, and I think it's a great podcast. You have a lot of illustrious guests in the past, and I'm happy to be on board.
1: Well, you are a very illustrious guest. Uh, for our listeners, uh, I've known of Dwayne for many, many years—probably uh, two, two decades. Uh, In as we both kind of navigated through the CFA review space, and uh, I'm I'm really sad to admit that yesterday uh, during our pre-call was the first time that we actually laid eyes on each other. So uh, it is just wonderful, wonderful to meet you, Dwayne.
0: I'm here. Thanks, Andy. I've been a student fan of yours since way back in the early 2000s.
1: Yeah, when I when I was teaching on uh, were they were they audio CDs or video CDs back then
0: I think it was just a start of video CDs and um, you weren't teaching you were entertaining us in your classes as such so it was a video CD and I was enthralled with how you approach the material and how engaging um, so I copied your style to be honest
1: well it Edutainment has uh, has has done very very well for me, and it it's an opportunity to connect with students. So, uh, you know, a lot of people they poo poo uh, edutainment, Uh, but uh, I think it uh, really really does have value when you can bring some levity uh, to uh, very uh, difficult concepts, and that's one of the things that we're going to try to do today. Um, You know, Duane, as we always do with our guests, before we get started. I would love it if you told our listeners your story.
0: Well, thanks. I could tell them. Um, to be short, I've ha- I live in Kingston, Jamaica. I've had a portfolio of careers, and that has carried me all throughout the world. I've worked as a director of internal audit for a resort chain, and through that assignment, I was able to travel the world to Europe, to South America. Caribbean. Um, I had a stint working also in the United States as well. Um, I've had working experience as an FPE director at a rum manufacturer. That's an interesting job, Andy. Um, <laughs> supply chain analysis from the production of sugar all the way to the um, distillation of rum. Um, but on the academic side, I studied. Um, business at high school. I went to the University of the West Indies, which is also located in Kingston, Jamaica. It's a regional Caribbean university. Um, I had an initial interest in computer technology. The personal computer industry was growing at that time in the late 80s, but I ultimately decided to do a bachelor's in accounting and i quickly followed that up with a master's in accounting. Um, when I went into industry, I recognized that I needed to get a professional certification just to get an extra edge and to understand my job. Um, that time I was working as a director of internal audit. And um, I did the CPA exams. I studied in New York at a Kaplan company, affiliated company at that time. Um, when I, I, I completed the CPA exam on my first sit-in, which was a good achievement but because I invested the time, um, over my career, I've done several other certification exams, um, most notably would be the CFA exams. And now I'm here with you.
1: Yeah, thank thank you so much. You know, uh, uh, Andy Rosen, the chief executive of Kaplan, has been on the show before, and uh, he'll just love it to know that mm. uh, somebody took a CPA course from Kaplan in the mid-1990s. Uh, that yes. was one of Kaplan's first forays into professional education, and and a lot of people think that Kaplan has been in the CPA business for years and years. But we've had these ins right. and outs and starts and stops, and uh, uh, it, it's a bit of an inside joke uh, that uh, that we have. Yes. And if he's listening to this, he, he's going to love that. Um, so. Okay. You know, Dwayne, if you had to pick one event in your life that was just a real accelerant for your career, what what would that be?
0: Well, I would say, Andy, it would have been passing the CPA exams. Um, it propelled my career in the sense that I was immediately exposed to coming from the Caribbean. I was immediately exposed to Wall Street financial reporting practices and the issues surrounding the accuracy of the content of financial reports. So it um, galvanized my interest in um, understanding the entire investment ecosystem. Um, through that that, that um, experience as well, passing it at my first sitting, um, a number of colleagues came back to me and said, how did you do it? And that started a little hobby that turned into a business over time, that of um, helping persons to pass high stake um, financial exams. So what I recognize is that I had a knack of explaining difficult concepts to persons. And this is a a good um, segue from your previous um, discussion topics, which is the art of communication, because I recognize I had the talent bypassing the CPA exams to explain it and help others to achieve their career aspirations. And um, it has just opened many doors, including meeting the great and the tempte. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, that that that's a uh, that's a wonderful and I, I love how you connect uh the you know the CPA exam to uh to to ultimately being able to move into education and becoming Uh, an educator through the art of communication. That that is awesome. So let's now dive into the main topic, which is financial acumen. Uh, When you Mm. hear this phrase, what does it mean to you?
0: Well, I want persons to understand um, that financial acumen should be looked at from two different angles as such. Um, The first and the more relevant, the more personal connection is understanding how to manage your family's financial needs and resources um, so that you can help your family survive in a a turbulent and sometimes um, economic environment. Um, With financial acumen, you can level the uh, or lower the level of stress that you face on a day-to-day issues, trying to manage um, the family's ins and outs in terms of cash flow needs. But also it's important for your listeners to try to connect financial acumen as well on the corporate side, because in the corporate entity um, where some persons also operate, you know, we have our personal lives and we also have our business lives. Um, you need to understand the or have the ability to be able to anticipate the financial needs of a corporation, um, understand the financial impact your business decisions will have on the organization. So um, in, in particular for corporate executives, it's important for them to understand the personal aspects of financial acumen as well as the um, corporate aspects of financial um, acumen, but at least for all citizens in a country, um, having the personal knowledge of financial acumen is a life skill,
1: Yeah, I I love how you've uh, taken the definition of financial acumen and divided it into its two parts and really stressed uh, the the, the personal aspect. There are far too Mm -hmm. many uh, folks out there that just kind of wander through their uh, financial lives and then wonder uh, why they don't have enough saved for retirement or can't pay for uh, their children's uh, help pay for their children's education, or you know, whatever the financial or, or buy that home. Uh, so, th- thank right. you so much for that. Uh, you know, your years of experience. Tutoring and coaching the next generation of financial professionals in the broader Caribbean is very admirable. I just I've been looking at your career trajectory for a long time, and you are the guy in the Caribbean for uh, for for that uh, that education. So kudos, you know. In
0: right. I really wanted to to help persons, Andy. Um, understand that they too can get the higher level professional certification and it doesn't have to be a struggle. Um, um, it should be as you said earlier edutainment you can um, love learning again and that's really what I wanted to convey and as I help them reach their career aspirations
1: Now Dwayne I um... You probably don't know this, but that is exactly uh, the stance that Carl Swayzer and I took uh, back in the very mm-hmm. early 1990s when when we started the the, the CFA program. Back then, uh, the CFA program was very unapproachable uh, probably a bit more academic than it needed to be uh, a very, very high level. You, you only took the exam if you came out of NYU or uh, or 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 or, uh, or or Penn or someplace like that. Um, you know, and we we thought differently. We thought that if you were a student from the University of Iowa, that you should have uh, the, the same kind of chance that uh, that 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 those Correct. peoples from those other mark those big uh, finance markets came from. So uh, that we are yes. we, we are very much aligned. Um, so now Great. let's take let's take the conversation back, uh, really to its root. Uh, in your assessment, what needs to change in primary and secondary education in your region of the world to improve financial literacy? Which is the precondition for financial acumen?
0: That's a good question because I've worked closely, not only with external clients, helping them to pass exams, but also with my kids. Um, both through the primary and secondary, I've closely followed what they're learning. And I've seen that in the Caribbean, they have introduced some elements of um, financial literacy, uh, for instance, compounding um, of interest income. But what is missing, I figure, um, is a, a connection of those concepts, which is taught primarily for algebra and just being able to plug and chug and get a number. But what is missing is a discussion as to the implications of financial decisions and how does it drive the numbers. I think in the Caribbean, the primary and secondary schools could also carry the education away from the algebraic um, formulation of um, the numbers to be attained or the correct answer, and look in terms of lifestyle choices, having a discussion as to when you plug in those numbers for compounding, what impact it will have on wealth accumulation later on. You know, we could be discussing um, if you decide to make your contributions when you're 45 years old. What is the difference in impact had you started making contributions from when you were 30 years old, for instance? Um, we could understand what early payment on a mortgage loan will do in terms of freeing your resources by the time you are 55. So I think it's, it's more inculcating the mathematics into lifestyle choices so that candidates or students, high school students, can start to assess and develop the critical building skills that they're going to need when they turn adults.
1: Yeah, excellent. You know, the the word that comes to mind for me is experiential, Uh, experiential learning opportunities where we we you know we, we teach the foundations certainly the knowledge foundations but how do you translate mm-hmm. that into skill that is lifelong and enduring and and sticky and uh, I think that's uh, that's kind of a, a universal theme. There are some great experiments that are happening uh, around, especially in the United States and around the world, uh, in teaching sure. our young people from an experiential perspective. But more more needs to be done.
0: Right, and financial mathematics shouldn't be taught at the same level or at the same pitch as teaching trigonometry so the the student just sees it as numbers to plug in plug and chug get an answer correct move on but they should start to um, develop the skills of these are life skills that you're learning and you need to apply it and um, I think it could start at that level at the high school level
1: yeah excellent so now let's move to the collegiate level Uh, Let's suppose Mm -hmm. that you have a university chancellor sitting right in front of you right now. What advice do you give to them uh, to set their graduates up for success in the workplace as it relates to building financial acumen?
0: Well, that's a good question as well, because I recall and it happened to me before I reached the university level at the upper levels in high school when I learned economics. And I believe economics is a topic that all university students should take. Um, Economics and especially understanding the depth of that concept of the economic scarcity problem where we have all unlimited wants but very limited financial resources because financial acumen speaks to how are you going to intelligently manage those financial resources to take care of the competing needs that you may have. And, you know, I've spoken on many different occasions to um, physicians and they also, especially in the Caribbean, the way it's done is that they move straight from high school into med school. Um, including my brother, who is a physician, so uh, first-hand knowledge of what they go through. But when they graduate from university, they're now grappling with the issues of how to manage money, and especially for med students, um, when they graduate, they become physicians, and they may be earning a uh, relatively uh, higher starting salary at the beginning of their career. But they are deficient in understanding how to take. Um, um precedence in the competing needs of the financial resources so I believe uh, knowledge of economics I, I I'm a fan of economics even though I didn't study it as a major because it applies both on an individual level when picking stocks or managing a portfolio but I think the concepts in economics lay the foundation for astute financial acumen.
1: Yeah, that, that's excellent. And thank you for the plug uh, for, to, for economics. Uh, I'm an economics uh, undergraduate. Uh, I, I found it to be just uh, very intriguing. Uh, but in the same breath as we did for the description of what's happening at the high school uh, level, uh, we need to make economics education more approachable to the to right. uh, broader audiences. Uh, economics uh, faculty are famous for making a very simple concept uh, <laughs> very unapproachable and uh, very complicated. So, as
0: as I say to people who lives their life making graphical decisions as such, you understand? Right. And most of the time in economics, um, people are more worried as to how to construct the graphs and whether the curve is increasing or being inverted as such. So yes, you're quite right. Uh, it has to be made more relatable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. We're going to take a, a real short break for, uh, uh, for a very brief pitch for my book, Balancing Act, and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. In my book, Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com. And we're back. Our previous mini series touched on the importance of communication and storytelling in business. Uh, Dwayne, how does improved financial acumen help non-financial leaders and managers improve their communication and storytelling skills? Are, are these two things linked?
0: Well, there is a linkage, but let me step back by also reiterating one of the main points that I've heard on your previous podcast about the importance of communication, which is all managers need to have the ability to communicate. I think that's foundational. Um, Being able to communicate as a manager, financial information and being able to understand what it means and being able to relay that to your colleagues at work is also an added plus. So I would say it builds upon your communication skills. Um, but to communicate um, financial acumen, um, you must understand it yourselves. And that's why I believe that the successful managers not only know people, organizational skills and communication skills, but also have some level of understanding the financial impact that their um, day-to-day job will require as such. So I think it's not just a personal trait um, for communication, but it's also a business skill that they need to to, to level on top of that communication trait, financial acumen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to serve up what I think is a real softball uh, for you here, but uh, suppose we had a university chancellor sitting in front of you before. Now we've got a business leader sitting in front of you. What advice do you have for that individual to build financial acumen in their teams?
0: That's a speciality of mine, helping persons who are non-financial managers understand the financial role and impact of their decisions. I think the first um, skill that they would have to ask themselves, because you, it starts with having an inquisitive mind, um, What what is the payroll cost of your entire unit? I'm trying to get them to be able to attach a dollar value. To the impact of what they're doing. So it starts with what's the financial cost of your unit? Um, do they have a sense as to whether there's an incoming revenue impact on the organization through their um, 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 duties at the day to day duties as such? Asking those questions will start to slowly develop your financial acumen and insight. Uh, I think um, it's important for managers as well not only just to ask those questions, but they should start to track those numbers. Once they get those numbers, track their number, those numbers to see whether or not their financial impact on the organization is moving in a positive, um, a positive area, a positive measure, positive direction or whether or not there are corrective actions they could take to move it in a positive direction. So the main issue is being able to show the financial impact of your day-to-day task on the organization, and it starts just by asking probably having a conversation with your financial controller as to what are the numbers that the financial controller is looking at and being able to interweave your personal actions with those numbers. You need to be able to drive those numbers. And I think through that process, they'll get a little bit more comfortable in the business world discussing financial matters.
1: Yeah, I I love how you've positioned it as curiosity and having an agile, uh, open mind and wanting to know uh, what the impact of your decisions as a manager or leader are on the, on the financials of the business. And the second thing I heard was uh, reach out and get help. There are uh, people right. in your company that uh, that want to uh, want to help you. Uh, yes, there are those financial leaders who treat the numbers like state secrets, <laughs> and you we know, we we all know those folks. Uh, but right. uh, but most of the financial people that I know that are working in corporations, they want to be teachers. They want to right. help. Uh, so curiosity, ask questions. Don't be afraid. Uh, I, I absolutely love it, Dwayne.
0: Best in class organizations um, utilize FPNE to embed them with the operational side of the business. And um, through my various career um, 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 outposts or career um, um, positions, I've been able to embed myself with the operational teams because it's really operations that drive the finances of an organization. So if um, line managers who are listening, um, they they should recognize that they're the ones that will ultimately determine the financial outcomes of the business. So it's in their interest to understand what is the financial impact of their actions.
1: Yeah, it, uh, no, no, uh, uh, that, that is such an important point because a lot of people, uh, you know, the, the finance department is so strong and in many cases, so opinionated and the numbers come down from on high that a lot of people think that the numbers drive the business. And that's not the case at all. It is, to your point, right. it is the operations that drive uh, the, the financial re- results. Um, you know, ba- back to uh, your, your recommendations for that hypothetical business leader that we have in front of us. Do you have any specific mm-hmm. uh, course or program recommendations that you would provide that individual to, to improve uh, financial acumen?
0: Well, in terms of learning courses, I would say um, it's always beneficial to understand accounting. Accounting is said to be the language of business. Um, so a rudimentary knowledge of accounting will only help you. Um, apart from formal learning, it's best for managers to understand what level they are performing at by looking at the numbers and being able to compare that with the budget that they participated in setting. I think um, it will give them a buying stake in trying to hit the right target financially as such and knowing what to adjust so as to hit the right financial target for their unit.
1: Yeah, ec- excellent. So, Dwayne, my final question is this. Let's assume you have a non-financial professional in front of you who's convinced themselves that they quote-unquote hate math and all things accounting and finance. How do you coach them to bring their anxiety level down and help make these concepts less intimidating and less scary?
0: Oh, That's a conversation that I have all the time. Whether it's with my wife or whether it's my kids, Um, it's always good for someone with the knowledge to share what they know. And I generally start at the micro level in these circumstances um, by asking the individual how do they feel comfortably managing their living expenses with their salary income. You want to see whether or not there's a problem at that level, the basic level with their um, earnings and being able to meet their outflows. Um, what you're going to be trying to look for are signals that show that the person your colleague you are discussing with doesn't uh, or is not aware of of solutions that are out there to perceive the problems that they may have. Um, um, You are also trying to see whether or not were, were there any previous experiences that is coloring or driving the fear or anxiety and see how best you can soothe that past experience that may just be corrupting how they feel or their apprehension um, about learning how to manage money. So it's not a one size fits all. Um, You're going to have to slowly help them um, um, share their level of vulnerability about money with you. And you also not only just be a patient listening ear, but you're going to also have to help them slowly introduce the concepts um, that could help them or the additional learning or awareness that could help them feel better. That's, hey, um, it can be corrected. Um, there's no need for me to be unreasonable and hold these unfounded fears.
1: Yeah. So what I what I just heard uh, is that the you know financial acumen in your professional life is linked to your financial uh, experience in your personal life. Uh, If you have uh, anxiety over your personal finances, how are you uh, going to be anxiety free in uh, your analysis of the financials in, in your business? Uh, Do, do I do So the, so you got to get at root cause and get at the personal before you can solve the professional. Do I have that right?
0: Sure, and um, I've done some financial wellness um, presentations for organizations as well because they have seen where the employees are coming in with that additional pressure um, outside of the job, financial pressure, and they come into the organization. They may be requesting uh, salary advance, and the, the uh, suddenly the The controller at the business, they are running a mini bank as such, trying to um, process salary advances and collecting those. And um, I've done presentations where the root cause is um, having the employees understand the appropriate level of financial responsibility and budgeting skills and control of desires and money. So as to relieve themselves of that pressure. And sometimes, as I said, it's due to their lack of awareness of products, especially in the fintech area, uh, fintech products that can help them manage their finances and let them feel better.
1: Yeah. Well, Dwayne, it's been wonderful having you on the show. I'd like to give you an opportunity to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, CPA tutors and consultants. Uh, anything you want to add uh, to uh, promote your business?
0: Oh, well, although um, I have named it CPA tutors and consultants, again, it's a nod to the transformation that occurred in my thinking once I passed the CPA program that I could help persons pass other types of financial exams. So we are expanding our CFA investment program, tuition program. And what we have also been doing is along the same lines as what we have been speaking about, helping um, other professionals understand financial acumen and how it relates to them. So we have been doing um, sessions for physicians. Um, As I said before, we have been partnering with HR departments Um, to get financial wellness programs up and running. And something that I've really loved of late is pension trustees, um, staff appointed pension trustees. We want them comfortable with understanding um, the investment decision-making process and issues that they need to be considering when they go to their investment committee meetings. So it's a joy and a pleasure for me to see persons absorb the knowledge, the knowledge that they they recognize that they need, and being able to help transform what is considered complex topics into something that is easy and personable for them as such. So uh, thank you again, Andy. For all that you have done in facilitating my career growth over the years, and I am happy to be here on this podcast.
1: Well, Dwayne, it, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you today. Uh, reconnecting over the last couple of days, uh, thank you so much for mm-hmm. for being on the show and your significant contributions. I had I had a couple of light bulb moments here uh, here myself. So. Uh, Thanks again. Uh, My name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast services. Please like, subscribe, rate, share, whatever, uh, because we need to get uh, this message of financial acumen uh, out uh, to the broader audience. Thank you and have a wonderful day.